All right, college baseball fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast, Weekend 8 Recap Edition. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I Obviously, we saw lots of college baseball and we saw lots of great series, including like Ole Miss and Arkansas, which was crazy today, back and forth. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Tennessee-Florida series quite a bit. UGA beating Vandy two out of three, all that fun stuff. Plus, we're going to dip into some... I mean, Ben, this isn't an SEC podcast. I know. We, we're going to talk ACC, Big 12, and some mid-majors as well, including we're going to release our top 25, which we just did on Twitter, and it was so funny. Just moments ago before we started recording, <laughs> Dimitri was the most pissed I've ever seen him because he, I don't know, he takes a lot of pride in the graphics that he does, and he, he does a really good job. But he always... Like he always gets mad because there's one like very minor mistake in every single graphic and whether it's like misspelling of a team name or a record is a little bit off. Well, it happened again this week where we posted the graphic and we had Arkansas's record as 12 and one, which was the record like five weeks ago. But I laughed it off. Dimitri was a little mad. I wish we were recording because he was. No, we good now. We good now, baby. Let's roll. (laughs) I know we're good. Uh, we're also going to release our mid-major power rankings and, our, of course, our bottom 10 teams in this episode. What a fun weekend, man. What a fun weekend. But before we dive into college baseball stuff, I just want to give ourselves a shout-out. We got to 10,000 followers on Twitter. Only took us, let's see, two years, two and a half, two and a quarter, two and a quarter years of doing this. 27 months, 26 months. 26 months, and we don't work on it nine like 18 of those months because we only we only do college baseball content really during the season Dude, we disappear from the month from july through i, I would say the beginning of january we dis we are not there that account does not get open does not get open and it's it's more of like a quality versus quantity thing we just want to go balls to the wall months january through june maybe like into january through june that's when we go balls to the wall we put in a lot of effort um and but that could change going forward. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely going to change going forward. I and mean, we always talk about doing off-season stuff, but we never really have plans in place. It really just depends on like time and usually Dimitri and myself are pretty busy in the off-season because we do dedicate a lot of time here. But what I wanted to say and uh Dimitri and I haven't talked about this. I wanted to say this live on podcast, but Dimitri, you're killing it, man. Like this account would be nowhere even close, like without you, man, like you, for the, for the listeners that probably think, and I get a lot of credit on social media, like I did for the 10,000 people thought that was like me. No, no, no. That is 99% Dimitri getting those clips from video. Like he does probably 90% of our Twitter right now. And like, seriously, Dimitri, like, thank you so much for, like growing that account because I still remember we were looking back on it before we started recording some of our first tweets before they were we- brutal, dude. But yeah. Hey, by the way, by the way, I appreciate it, but don't, don't thank me like that. Cause I hate that kind of shit. I know you do. I That's don't why. like that shit. I wanted to put you on the spot, but dude, seriously, that, but- we went back and looked at our old tweets before you even, you came on the team probably first couple weeks of February. I think it was, I think honestly, dude, I think I DM'd you the day before opening day yeah. of 2019. 2019 because it was me and James doing it for a while and then James left as some of the old-time listeners the OG listeners um, he left the beginning of last season couldn't do it because of time restraints things like that so Dimitri became full-time podcast uh, host with me back in 2020 
And of course the season got cut short, but he was our social media guy in the beginning, um, all of 2019, Instagram graphics, uh, Twitter, all that. We were looking at some of the tweets before he became our social media guy. And we had to delete like probably seven or eight of them just because they were so bad. Like it was do not do this does not give you, I'm not giving consent. I'm not giving you authority and I am not recommending you go back to those tweets. They are there. It's not like they're bad. Like, like they were just, they're so not bad. Lame. They're just so corny. And just so lame. Lame. like, it made me embarrassed. Like, going like back retweet, retweet. If you like the blue jerseys, <laughs> like if you like the teal jerseys, like get the fuck out of here. It was so bad. And just to see, like, it, it was really cool for me. And I, I'm sure Dimitri too. It was cool for me to like, look back at just two years ago, like how bad this was and what we've grown it to. I mean, we get DMs every day from players, coaches, fans. Uh, it, it sucks because we have so many DMs that come in that we you know, don't have time to read them all or respond to all of them. But, um, man, so many people appreciate us and for our quote-unquote high-quality content, like from a different perspective. Um, and it's cool. It's cool seeing the, t- the 10K. Uh, Demetri and I both tweeted about it, how it just looks different when you click on a Twitter account with a K next to it rather than the comma. Bro, it's, it. so, it's just so dope. Like, it's it just is. like... A- and I, I do, I'm a huge, like, I'm not, I'm so against like the whole social media popularity, celebrity stuff, but at the same time, it's just like a, it's just a visual and it's a true representation of like the work you put in yeah, and like the response that people get you, the response you get. So it's like almost like a grade on your it's like credibility. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. credibility. It's like That's all submitting it a homework assignment and you're getting a 94 back or a test and you get like a 95 back like that. That's still a good grade. That K, the damn A plus to me. Because it's like, damn, we made it. Exactly. And we and the the best part is it's only April. Like we still have the meat of the season. The last few weeks, regular season really heats up. And then conference tournament is where it really starts to get real. Um, and then of course, regional, super regionals and college world series. So I mean, I obviously want to thank you. I want to thank our fans because this is something really cool. It's gotten really cool to like where other like other college baseball outlets and other sports outlets have like reached out to us, like kind of see what our future plans are. So I, I gotta, I gotta say that because yesterday I thought it was just so funny and I'm going to explain this to you and you might get mad at me. You might get a little offended, but I don't give a damn. Cause at the end of the day, we're all friends. Everybody loves everybody. But I was like tweeting like a video or something. And I was like, or I was on the bathroom doing, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was on Instagram going through my story and you posted a picture with, um, by the way, fan listeners, I think Ben's got a new girlfriend. He hasn't told me about yet, <laughs> but um, he was in a golf cart. He took a little selfie with her, like golfing. And I was like, that motherfucker's golfing. Hey, and I'm do you sitting remember, over here. Do you remember like about a month ago, whenever I said like going to Atlanta for a first date or something, and then people were like making odds on like, if there would be a second date, well, yeah, so like she played college, like she played D1 college golf, super cool girl. We went and golfed from like 11 a.m. to like 2.30 ish. And yeah, I know it was like in the, the meat of college baseball. No, no, no. Time. I didn't care, but I was just <laughs> sitting there. Okay, so hear me out. I was sitting there like that bastard out golfing and having a good time with this girl. And then the next morning we hit 10K and everyone's tweeting like Ben go follow Ben up in 11.7 college base. I'm like, those bastards. Like that, that I was like, you, you kidding me with this that, shit? I didn't why. care because I was just like, those, those dirty, that dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> just taking in all the credit. No, but I definitely, um, I definitely understand like why 
like you would be upset about that I even though i know upset. you weren't I, you weren't upset though that's what i, you I took just like it. talking shit when the, 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 the time arises but no uh definitely that's why i made a point to say it like on the on the podcast is like dude we do appreciate you and like for all the listeners like you're tweeting mostly at dimitri like he's the guy killing it on social media all the videos you see that's him not me mine are like the lame tweets you can probably pick out which tweets i tweet out and which tweets he tweets out um because mine are pretty lame but no don't 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 sell <laughs> yourself short like that but we were talking about like can people notice or people starting to figure out which is your tweets and like which is my you're more like the engagement talk to me like, talk to me yeah. the head the head exploding emoji dude that's so you and I'm, I'm i'm like i'm like ratting us out right now i'm like exposing us but i think it's good we're the we're definitely the most transparent college baseball outlet like nobody else like everybody else hides behind like a an account whether it's foul pole or college baseball hub or whoever else it is they're all hiding behind it like we're, we're very transparent which i think is why a lot of people prefer our coverage but um yeah we're, we're not gonna go too way, deep. enough talking about us yeah enough talking about us let's get into the real baseball shindig let's do it man because i have two full pages of notes that i want to talk about and i know we always i always give you crap because i'm like yo dimitri what do you want to start with this week and you're <laughs> always like shut up bro um so <laughs> this is this is where i want to start okay dimitri I want to start with what we saw was almost one of the most epic comebacks in the history of college baseball today when Ole Miss goes down 11 nothing at home before like I mean I turned it on it was 3 nothing and then it was like 5 nothing and then 8 nothing then boom 11 nothing within like 20 minutes and I was like I was like gg it's GG's over press f for respect like it was that ugly of a game and Ole Miss ended up tying it up 11 to 11 within like an hour I mean it was it was like Boom, boom, boom. And dude, shout out to those fans who stuck around because when they tied it up, it was still packed. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Eleven nothing in the fourth inning. I'm out. I'm, I'm I think I think I'm going to hit some food restaurant, get some food, and I'm going home. Yeah. Same with me. And so obviously it was a fun series because yesterday it was split one one. The doubleheader was split, which we always talk about in college baseball. It's very, very hard to win both games of a doubleheader. It just is. It, it's probably like 75% chance there's going to be a split. And so Ole Miss comes out today, powder blue uniforms, which is one of my favorite uniforms at college baseball at home. Swayze is rowdy. And before like, before like an hour was even, I mean, before the game was even an hour, it was 11, nothing. I was like, I mean, what is yeah. going on? I was like, what is going on here? And just, they, they got runs in bunches, almost made the comeback. It was, you know, extra base hit, extra base hit, walk, extra base hit walk air double and then that bomb made it 11 to 8 and the Swayze rowdies they their beer shower was boom electric like all the dad bods in right field (laughs) dude they were out tanning today yes they were the weather was nice and uh even though there was a 100% chance of beer showers out there in Swayze dude how about that beer shower yesterday that was a legend that was like a legendary beer shower and if you went and looked at Ole Miss's Twitter, that video got over a million views. And I'm just sitting here like, these students created a tradition that is so iconic that when a good one happens, everybody sees it. Everybody yeah. notices it. And Ole Miss baseball, like their Twitter and all that stuff, that is something the fans created. And I don't, I don't know the history behind it. And I, I, I think I, I really need to figure, learn the history behind how the beer shower started. 
I, yeah, I'm sure one of our followers, we have a ton of Ole Miss followers. Someone's going to tell us how it got started because we are curious because I don't know if it was like, probably, it was probably a group of like a few frats that were out there that were Back just like- Back in the heyday. Hey. Well, not even because- I would, I would say 20 years ago. Maybe like in well, early 2000s. Let me tell you do you remember when they used to do the um, the hand up and down in the dugout? Yeah. To that the one song. Yeah. Whatever song that was. I can't think of it. Do they still do that? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. And it used to, I used to remember it was on YouTube. It was like like had millions of views. They would do the Swayze. Yeah. Um, where their hands would go up and then they do their little drum roll. You know what I'm talking I'm about? Sure, I'm sure they still do it. I don't know. Anyways, anyway, anyways, back to the baseball side of thing. Brady Slavin been up and down, kind of hot, cold, hot, cold. Hit a bomb he came, today. He came through with a double, made a 16-14. Well, oh, yeah. So it was 11 nothing. Ole Miss then made it like 11-8. to And then it was like 14-8. to And then it was 14-14. And then... Two run double by Slavin, then a Christian Franklin laser back up the middle, made a 17, and then another something happened, and it was like 18 to 14. It was just like, and then Kevin Copps slammed the door again, struck That's out the side right in the night. You dude, love, I love you that some guy. Kevin Copps. I love that dude. He, he's got he's got a freaking hammer, and he, he just was goes probably there. not he was not prepared to pitch today. Like when it was 11 nothing, I bet he packed his stuff up and was just ready to go. He had his turf. He had his turf <laughs> ready to be put on. Um, Gray series all around Ole Miss. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't even look so much into the pitching, say, oh my God, our pitching staff got rocked this weekend. It was just the way the game went. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the weekend went. Like sometimes your best pitchers get lit up, and it's not because they're pitching bad. It's just because it's the way the game goes, where like I pitched in a game where I literally, no matter what I threw, it got hammered. It got barrel. I'll throw well, a ball in contagious. the dirt. Hitting's I'll throw a ball contagious. in the dirt, and it'll get hammered for a double. I'll throw a ball hard and in, like perfect plays pit rocket down the left field like you know what i mean it's just it was just that's just how baseball goes this time. game reminded me a lot back in like tw- it was 2019 Ole miss and vanderbilt played an sec ch- uh, it was sec championship or something maybe the sec tournament it was definitely sec tournament game and Ole miss w- jumped out to like a seven nothing lead or maybe it was eight nothing i wish i had the stats actually i should have looked it up before the show but it was one of those same feelings where like vanderbilt came back and actually won the game and I'll look it up here in a little bit. I should have had the stats prepared, but it was one of those SEC games where even though you're up 11 nothing, the other team's offense is just as good and they can capitalize on mistakes. If you start walking them, making a couple errors, they're going to put one in the gap or over the wall real soon. And anyways, I, I love that game. It was fun to watch. It was entertaining. I wish more people watched it. I'm sure it was probably the highest rated ESPN plus game out there or SEC. It wasn't even SEC network. It was SEC Network Plus because SEC Network was at South Carolina, Auburn, Missouri. Mississippi State. No, Auburn and Mississippi State today. No, it was today it was Missouri, South Carolina. Okay, then yesterday was Auburn, Mississippi State or something. But like, how are you, if you're SEC Network, how are you not at Arkansas, Ole Miss, all three games? Listen, I mean, I was going to say something about that. So, you know how in football they do, they, they week by week, they pick the primetime game. So, they basically... In the beginning of the season, they pick a group of like five games, yeah, and they put a TBA on them, and they put them in the prime time pool, right? And then at the weeks leading up to those games, depending on ranking, depending on who's winning, who's losing, they pick from the pool. So teams already know that they cannot schedule, they cannot put a time stamp on those games on the schedule because they're to be announced. 
and college baseball, I mean, you knew Arkansas Ole Miss were going to be good. And then the week before Mississippi State, Arkansas, not a single pitch was on SC Network. So stupid. Like, who's you in knew charge of that two, stuff? You knew damn well that those two teams were going to at least be top 10 teams in the country. How does that not happen? I, that, well, I don't understand. That part, that's just part of the little and, thing. And it's like, out of those three teams, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, those are the th- probably the three biggest fan bases you're going to find in college baseball. And I'm not going to sit here and get all nitpicky, but those are some of the little things that can make or break college well, baseball. When you put a game on cable rather than streaming through a laptop or like a streaming service, like you're going to get so many more eyeballs. Like there were – there. When I was scrolling down on my uh, YouTube TV, like live TV, scroll down to uh, SEC Network, and I was like, okay, sweet. Like Ole Miss, Arkansas, yeah, it has to be on here, right? No, it was South Carolina, Missouri. No offense to those programs, but you would would have to be a fan of Missouri, South Carolina to want to watch that over Arkansas, Ole Miss. And that's what I'm going to leave it at because I don't want to talk. But uh, Ole Miss set a record for weekend series. I think there was over 33,000 or 34,000 fans in the three games. Unbelievable. Um, There's no. You're telling me Mississippi State hasn't broken that? No. This was a record. Or this was a record for this year. Oh, for this year. For this year. For this year. Yes. Yeah, oh, well, obviously. Obviously for this year. But I was yes. about to say Mississippi State holds like eight out of the top 10 attendance no, record. No, for this year. For a weekend series this year. Yeah. So speaking of SEC. Um, wait, wait, wait. I have one more little stat I want to say about this. So when when people – I know because we just released the top 25. Somebody's going to give us attitude about why Arkansas should not be number one team. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert Nobody. No, wait, 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 wait. Someone's going to argue that Arkansas is not the number one Someone, team? Someone, I, I guarantee you. There's going to be some dumb Twitter Over account. who? Over who? Maybe Vanderbilt. They just – No. Who, who, they're stupid if they argue that, and Maybe. I will gladly argue with them. Well, but anyway, go ahead. Here's the stat. So Ark- – and this is – uh, thanks to Teddy Cahill. I saw it on his Twitter. Um, is he Baseball America or is he Perfect Game? Teddy Cahill, Baseball America. College baseball reporter for Baseball America. Arkansas is 10-2 and two against top 25 teams. All 12 of those games have been on the road. That's that's unbelievable. I, I'm speechless. They've, how and many games do you say? 10-2? and 10-2 versus top 25 teams. All so, 12 are on the road. So two at Louisiana Tech. Three at Mississippi State, no, no, five, three. two against Ole Miss, a seven. And then who are the three other ones? They probably swept somebody we're not thinking of. It was on the road. South Carolina, no. No. Florida, no. They played They played Alabama. Oh. Might be no, Alabama. That was Ole Miss. That was Ole Miss. Oh, was oh, 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 oh. Texas Tech, Texas TCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those were neutral. Neutral. But that's still not at home. Well, te- yeah, technically on the road. Absolutely. That's, that's, imp- that's impressive. Yeah. That's so impressive. And there's another Teddy team we'll that. talk about. There's another team that we'll talk about who's in the top 25 that had yet to play a home game. Yeah, that is a spoiler alert too. And mid-major team. Mid-major team. Anyways, let's move on to the second biggest series, in my opinion. Tennessee, Florida. Tennessee, I want to jump on that bandwagon right now. Volunteers know how to have a good time. The fans were unbelievable this weekend. The, I mean, we had a lot of interactions with one of the tweets about, I'm not going to call out who tweeted it, but you guys can probably assume who did. Somebody between us two called them like degenerates and like they're getting crazy and all that. We got a lot of backlash, but they didn't understand the point of the tweet. We weren't calling them degenerates like they're bad people. We're saying like they're rowdy, like they, 
are passionate. Like they are crazy. They were, and that's what you want in college baseball. Also, I just hit the power button on my computer and I really hope it doesn't shut off. It was an accident. Stop it. (laughs) I swear. I think we're good. Um, But yeah, no, I, I, then I put a clarification thing. I guess I should clarify or whatever that this was not like hating on because i love that shit and somebody was like oh that's so cute that they a tennis volunteer twitter got a hold of them and now they're trying to back up backstep i'm like get the fuck out of here we love this shit like don't don't even try coming with your cute little volunteer twitter so scary and dangerous damn twitter (laughs) like like that shit don't bother me but I love it though. I love that the fact that they came out. I think this is our first time really getting a big interaction with Tennessee Twitter. And of course they're winning. So they're coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Everybody's a Tennessee baseball fan now. I mean, they, and that's fine. Cool. I love it. I will not call you. I will not sit here and say, Oh, bandwagon, your team's winning. Your team's winning. Your team's losing. Go hide. There's nothing to talk about. If your team right. winning, we bring all the smoke out. We, two years ago, Demetri, we jumped on that Tennessee bandwagon and because of Coach Vitello. He gives the best post-game interviews. He's really turned that program around. Now, this Tennessee team, they won two close games against a really, really good Florida game or Florida team at home, and they lose a close one today. I think they should have won it, but you, know, you can't win them all. But this Tennessee team now hosts Vanderbilt, who we just saw lose two out of three against Georgia, which was the most shocking thing of the season so far to me. This that home field, we you tweeted it, Dimitri. Unlock the gates, let everybody in the state of Tennessee at this game. Everybody's going to want to be there in state rivalry. Two top five teams, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. We're going to see who's the real, real contender. I mean, when, I, mean I wish I, I wish I was a stat guru, geekhead, whatever. But when is the last time Tennessee and Vanderbilt played a three game series of top five teams? I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, my, my god, dude, this is like. Open the damn gates, let everybody in, and if there's fines to pay for, use all that ticket money you just made and pay them. Because here, I have a theory, and I told you this before. Let's say you make $100,000 from ticket sales. I'm, uh, this is just a random number that came to my head. And you, you have to pay $100,000 in the fine. You pay the $100,000 in the fine, okay? You break even. You don't lose any money. Or you make $150 off ticket and no fan. I don't know where you got those numbers from, but okay. I'm, I'm just making them basically, basically you have 150 fans there. You don't make any money and no fine. There was way more than 150 fans this past weekend. I mean, dude, there's, 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 there's not, I don't think there's, I mean, you think there was a thousand people there? Probably. Yeah. Okay. But my point is you either make breadcrumb money, not much money, or you let the gates open full atmosphere crowd try to win a, a series against Vanderbilt and just pay the damn fine. You know what I mean? Like, like my thing is it's an outdoor event. Why can't we have more people there? That's what I'm saying. And you got old Miss going like, don't tell me the science Make is it, different in one state and another, like, let's go open the gates. I'm not even going to get into this because I'm going to stop myself right here before I make get- everybody wear masks, but open the gates. Let everybody there. It's going to be, no, 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 no. Uh, if they want to wear masks, wear masks. If, if, if you're going to open the gate and they have to wear masks, fine. So what be it? Like, I don't care what the rules are. I really I don't just care want that place are. to be rowdy just as possible. That place out. I don't That's all I want to see. Now here's a question for you. Take the two Tennessee teams, Tennessee Vanderbilt. They play against, the two Mississippi teams, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and like a round-robin tournament. Who's winning it, Tennessee or Mississippi? The state of Tennessee or the state of Mississippi? 
oh, like which team which team will win it? Yeah. I'm going to put my money on the state of Tennessee one day. I, I think I'm there with you too. And that I, I, mean, never I wouldn't that. be surprised if Mississippi won, but I mean, you're looking at Vanderbilt who should win it, but then you're looking at one of the hotter teams in the country who, dude, they're in every single game. If you look at their losses, they're like in every game. And they're all like, and, and don't get me wrong. They can, there's plenty of games where they could have lost, but that's the sign of a great team is winning the close game. No, and they did. They certainly did. So that was a fun series. I, I mean, Kevin O'Sullivan looks so pissed the whole he looks series. So angry. He wore his mask up to his like eyeballs and then wore the Oakleys over it. I mean, he, he did not angry, look, dude. He's a scary dude. He is, man. He looks like a thumb thumb from Spy Kids. I know I've said that a hundred times, but every time I can't look at him the same. And, so last thing about SEC baseball, Georgia Vanderbilt. What you got on it? Kumar got rocked. Georgia came out to play. Who's your boy that hit three homers this weekend? Uh, Garrett Blaylock. Garrett Blaylock, who went to Vanderbilt out of high school, played one year there in 2019, or 2018—I don't remember—went JUCO and then went to Georgia. And so this was his first time playing against Vanderbilt since he left. Obviously, three homers this weekend, and like I didn't even know ten RBI. He showed up and. Dude, that is – and the crazy thing to me is Vanderbilt could have gotten swept. They were tied one-to-one in the eighth inning against Georgia on Saturday after uh, Jack Leiter – I almost said Kumar Leiter. That would – Jack Leiter, when – I mean, he did his thing, 13 strikeouts. I think he pitched six or seven innings. Did well. Gave up one run. But you say they almost got swept, but I promise you if they would have lost against – if Leiter would have lost – Saturday, Vanderbilt was not getting swept. I think they would have won to yesterday, no doubt about it. But, but that's baseball, though. Like, yeah. you win one game, it can change the outcome of another game. Now, now what this shows us is Vanderbilt is beatable. Like, and I told you this was going to happen. I told I you it was a matter of time. You said the SEC schedule is too hard. They're going to slip up. Like, it's possible to beat these guys two out of three. I said, but no, it's, not it's even, impossible. It's not even them slipping up really for me it's just georgia outplayed them. hitting yeah georgia outplayed them top to bottom saying, like like you're gonna throw the same pitch twice one could be a home run one could be a strikeout and you also made a good point i think you actually sent this over text message to me that you know everybody's gonna play vanderbilt better than anybody else like they're gonna be ready for that series um and they're gonna play their best baseball when they play against vanderbilt and you're right i mean i mean don't get me wrong this, I think this weekend says more about Georgia than it does Vanderbilt. Well, it says more about the SEC. In yes, general. yes. Like yes. we had Georgia penned as like the ninth best team in SEC. So, does it show that Georgia's good? Yes. Does it show they can beat anybody at any time? Yes, we knew that anybody can beat anybody at any time. But I think this shows more that Georgia is good. They just, but at the same time. They just got hyped up and amped up because it's Vanderbilt. So their their focus level was through the roof. Yeah. Because they're well, facing Kumar and Lighter. They had the whole, like, you know, what what is it in the movie Miracle? Like, if we played them nine out of ten, ten times, they might beat us nine times. But, you know, today we're going to beat – they had that for all three games. Like, they were ready, locked in, focused. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Everybody expected them to lose. They had zero, absolutely zero pressure. And that's how it's going to be with most teams. 
I mean, Arkansas can have pressure. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, they'll have pressure whenever they play. But most teams are going to have zero pressure. So if they lose, it's like we're supposed to lose. But we win. Let's let's go. Like, now, let's go, baby. Now, let me ask you this. Is Tennessee kind of pissed that Georgia beat Vanderbilt two out of three last weekend or this past weekend? I don't think they care. I don't think they – I think they're good enough where they don't care. But I think – they know Vanderbilt's going to be ready. They're not. I mean, if they lose two, oh series, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the they would have. They would have rather seen. I think if you ask any Tennessee baseball fan or player or coach, they would have rather seen Vanderbilt sweep this past weekend and then maybe try to catch them off guard. But this, uh, you know, losing, they're probably like, "Dang it, Georgia! Why did you have to beat them two out of three? Now they're gonna be pissed coming into our series." I, I agree. Like, I mean, they're not. They're gonna say, "Yeah, I, I hope they win because so we can beat them at their best." Yeah. But, the odds say of Kumar pitching bad twice are almost non-existent. Almost. I mean, he's going to, he's going to bounce. Back. So maybe this is the weekend that Jack Leiter loses for the first time. You never know. Well, this yeah. is the fourth Sunday that Vanderbilt has lost or the fourth, not Sunday, the fourth game time three. game three, they've lost. They, that's a big weakness. That's win a, one of the first two, you have a great puts, chance to win. Puts way more pressure on Kumar and Jack Leiter. Like I know they understand Kumar Leiter and Jack Leiter. Or, wow, I said it, Kumar Leiter. I said it. I told you I would today. Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, like they they're smart kids. Like these kids are. They got into Vanderbilt for a reason. You know, super high intelligence. They understand that. Like, hey, we've lost four game threes, and that puts a lot more pressure on them to perform in game one and game two. I'm just saying these are just kids. These are just kids. They, they do fall for pressure. Um, now the, we, I want to say one more thing about the sec before we move on. I promise this is not an sec podcast because we have a ton more we want to talk about, but what is going on with South Carolina and Ray Tanner and not allowing their fans to even like heckle. I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't know all the details. I saw somebody say something about there were racist comments made. So if there was stuff like oh, that said, I did not know that. Yeah. So no, I saw it today that somebody said they were calling the shortstop. Uh, let's not go into it. <laughs> no, no, no. They were calling him derogatory names or whatever. Okay. So if that kind of stuff is going on, there's no place for that. So I can't really defend if that kind of stuff is happening. But the basic heckling and stuff that's going that I've heard about and seen, freaking pipe it down. Like let the so, fans heckle. So like, I didn't know any of that went down, what you're saying about racist comments, because we did but not that's stand the, for that. That's, but that's the, that's the from what I saw, point. yeah, from what I saw, there were fans that were getting kicked out for just like mediocre mild heckling and like, heckling and, with the coaches and stuff and like i that. saw a ticket that was highlighted by game management like the people in charge that kicked him out saying like you they have to dis- be respectful to the other team if you're disrespectful you will you will be kicked off there's a different line between disrespectful as far as like you know shouting curse words or doing all that and and just like good old sec baseball heckling just good old baseball heckling and so i, I didn't understand i'm glad you brought that up because i didn't know the whole point i don't want to get into it but well, I I'm, not see- saying, I'm not saying it's true or not, but I right. saw like some stuff that was saying, so I don't want to like be all over Ray Tanner's ass or be all over South Carolina right. Founders Park staff's ass if it's just basic heckling. Because if that's the case, stop it. Let the yeah. fans freaking in the stadium and let them make some home crowd noise. But if there's other stuff that's uncalled for, then I can't really say too much. Right. No, I agree. Um but Ray Tanner came out with a statement today basically saying, hey, talk to game management. We, You guys are allowed to heckle. We're allowed to have a home field advantage. Just like make it, you know, 
make it okay. Like don't don't cross the line is basically what yeah. he was saying. So that's good to see. I just I saw on like Friday and Saturday a bunch of South Carolina fans raving on Twitter about how they're getting kicked out of the stadium for saying very mild heckling stuff. Um, which we are, you know, we want we want good atmospheres in college baseball because that helps the game grow. Um, anyways, we move on from the SEC here. There was a lot of other action, like our Alabama swept Texas A&M and Mississippi State swept Auburn. What I want to get to now is let's talk a little bit about Big 12 because Jace Jung kind of saved the weekend for Texas Tech. He hit three home runs today, gave Texas Tech a huge lead over TCU, and TCU won Friday night. So TCU was looking at just winning one of the next two to go into Lubbock, which we talked about in the last podcast, which is almost impossible, and win a series. And Texas Tech bounces back, hits a walk-off home run on Saturday. Jace Jung hits three home runs today. We remember his older brother, Josh Jung, who got drafted, I think, top five overall picks a couple uh, – let's see, was it last year? Or maybe 2019. 2019, I want to say. Two years ago. And so just another Jung in the Texas Tech baseball system that's just outperforming everybody else. That was neat to see. Texas Tech does win two out of three, but I was shocked to see Texas Tech's only five and four in the Big 12. I, that's not where I thought – I remember I said multiple times I thought they were going to run away, quote-unquote run away with the Big 12. Well, I mean, they played three series. They lost one, so that's why they're five and four. Because think about it. They would have won one. They're six and three. That's a little more pretty looking Losing on paper. Losing two out of three to Kansas State's really. I know, I know, them. I know. So I mean, think about it. That's like Georgia. Like we're not sitting here all over Vanderbilt that they lost. Like oh my god, Vanderbilt. That's not good that you lost. You know what I mean? Right. You got to keep that same energy with like other team. Yeah. I think that's how you got to make sure because like nobody's gonna sit here and say, oh my god, Vanderbilt got exposed. They're not that good. You know, nobody's saying that. You're but at the same up. time. But at the same time. If another team loses two out of three to Georgia, they would be like, oh, my God, they suck. They're frauds. Like, they're not that good. <laughs> oh, I yeah, think it's, it's a double-sided sword for sure. Yeah, it's a double standard here. So, I, I, I don't think we can really get on Texas Tech so badly for that. Right. And then, so, staying in the Big 12 here, Texas and Kansas State, bench is cleared. First time that I've seen it this year. That was the weakest shit I've the ever weakest. seen. The weakest. I mean, if you, if you guys didn't see, there's a video of it on our Twitter. Basically, uh Texas's guy goes for an inside the park home run after I guess like an error by this not an error but ball gets past center fielder he's running home he's out by five steps and tries to lower his shoulder and knock out Kansas State's catcher Kansas State's catcher puts a hard uh, tag I on don't him. I don't think he tried to ram him I I think he tried to change his running path and at the same time running him over crossed his mind so it was like so many different things crossed his mind he didn't know what to do he, so was, he, a de- kind he was a of, dead duck he just yeah, didn't and know he just, got, he just kind of stumbled into the dude and just got flattened yeah and so there was four ejections total um i don't remember exactly no, no, who got six. oh six ejections wow well the, did the head coaches get ejected is that two of them no it was three players from each team Okay. And there was, and, I mean, there was no punches thrown, but there was some shoving and some, you know, it was baseball, so weak, dude. It was baseball so jargon going. I mean, it was just like a typical baseball fight. Everybody comes, runs out, and everybody's yelling at everybody. And then there's like, there's nothing after that. So no punches were thrown, but it was, I mean, I'm a big fan of the benches clearing. Both teams, you know, dude, know it's a big you, win. Let me ask you that. Do you think, would you be a fan of more benches clearing college baseball? Or do you think that kind of leave it to be big league? That's a tough question. My my brain says 
Like, give me as oh, many. Oh, my brain says, hell yeah, give me bench clearing brawls. <laughs> give me one but, a weekend. But my, but my conscience side of me is like. It's not probably good. Leave it to the big league because these, these are still kids. These are still young men, still learning, still becoming, growing up, still, you know. And you know, kids are more loose cannon in the big league, I feel like. Yeah. You're still representing your university rather than right. a paid millionaire owner club kind of thing. Like they're still students and that's they're why, on a scholarship. Yeah. That's why I would say my heart says keep it out of the game. But it was cool to see. I'm glad it happened. I mean, that's just always entertaining. At, at least, dude, I'm I'm glad to see some dudes sticking up for their teammate. That's always like having, Yeah, that's always a good thing. Um, but anyways, that pretty much is everything that caught my attention in the Big Twelve. Um, let's talk a little bit. Of, uh, let's talk about Big Ten real fast. Big Ten. Um, how about how Ohio State got shafted today when it was just pouring rain and their pitchers couldn't throw strikes and it ultimately led Michigan to blow the doors off of them in a rubber match? I think it's kind of unfair. I think you have the same opinion as me. When it's raining that hard, just call the game. You're playing on turf. Wait until it clears up. I know. I know there's the, oh, that's why we have turf to play the game. You have turf to play in mild weather, like mild rain, but it, it was pissing. It you, was the guys couldn't down grip rain. the baseball. And I, that's another thing we, I want to talk about. I think there was a, because that inning, if you were watching the game, that inning, Michigan started all of a sudden just started getting loud and chirping in their dugout. So he threw one ball and they got louder. He threw a second ball. So it was a 2 0 count, no damage done yet, but they were starting to get all woo, 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 rah, rah, rah. And he probably, I think he was starting to have a little mental challenge, mental games with himself, like little rattle, little uncomfortable. Did that stuff get to you when you're pitching? Dude, there's a, there's a time and a place where it does. Like if it's like, if I'm just coming, like if I'm just coming in the game, and have like no feel and I have for a it. weird uncomfortable feeling like I don't know I just didn't feel good in the bullpen I come out and I throw two balls in a row and people start getting loud and saying, I my finger I can feel it in my finger but my relief point is not smooth <laughs> and fluid I'm yeah. telling you dude it's a thing you throw it like everything is the same but you feel like you're aiming it and your fingers don't feel right coming off the, the ball coming off your fingers and it's just like I'm telling you, it's a real thing, and you don't know what the hell is going on. You just want to either figure it out or get you just want to throw one strike. You just want to feel it. Coach, come get me before <laughs> this gets out of hand. But I think there was a combination of all those things with that that Ohio State pitcher, like, and that was his excuse. I'm not saying it was 100 percent the re- not the reason, but there was an excuse in there. Like, I can't feel the ball. I can't throw it. While at, while at the same time, I'm rattled as shit out here. Yeah. Like. Now, is it, let me ask you this. Is it hard to throw, like, is it hard to pitch in the rain, like, that hard? I, I want to have this dude back saying, like, yeah, it is, but it's really not. It's really not. You get, ball, if, you get a, if you get a new ball yeah, and you just kind of rub it in your hand and stuff, it's really not that hard. Yeah. I've okay. thrown in the rain a bazillion times. It's not that hard. It doesn't make that much of a difference where the guy is saying, I can't throw it. Right. I think he was a little bit of both. I don't want to like expose him or whatever because maybe he was slipping but i've never had really much of an issue throwing in the rain right okay but if it if let me let me let me add this i mean we're getting deep into this if it's like big raindrops like it's really heavy rain you'll feel little raindrop but you've got to take it into your control make sure the ball is in your glove like and you've got a good grip on it ready to throw because if it's in your glove dried up 
and then you go straight <laughs> to pitching, it can't slip from the moment you pull it out of your glove to relief point. It's not, yeah. it's not like you're in the freaking swimming pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think they're like, they're the, I, I, no, dude, he would, he would bullshit and he was rattled out there. I could, I could definitely see that um, because you could just see it in his face. He was rattled, but Michigan just explodes and, and beats Ohio state in the rubber match, which Ohio state, they're a lot better than I thought. That's what I'm going to say. Michigan's still really good. Ohio state, I think is a regional team. I think the big 10 is going to get four teams in and that I'm going to leave it at that. So Michigan won the series. Ohio state proved a lot to me. And there's your spark notes for you on the weekend. Um, but Nebraska continues to do well, and who's the fourth team? Indiana. Oh, yeah. Indiana is also really good. So those are the four teams in the Big Ten. Uh, ACC-wise, our boy Matt Nelson, who we just had on the podcast, continues 11.7 bump, baby. Yes, I mean, sir. He was hot before, but we're going to ignore that part. He got hot after our podcast. Oh, 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 rewinding back to the Big 12. Ivan Melendez from Texas. Seven home runs in his last six games, including one home, at least one home run in the last six games. That's something today. Texas baseball hasn't had since. You know what they call him? The Hispanic Titanic. The Hispanic Titanic. I saw that nickname. I wish I would have thought of it. That's that's elite. That is why Titanic, like Titan. I think it just rhymes. Hispanic Titanic. That's pretty cool. But I, I was like, where the hell did they get Titanic from? I don't know, but I wanted to throw that in there. I wanted to give him a shout out because Texas baseball has not had any power hitters since maybe like Kevin Keyes. Casey back Clemens in would like to oh, yeah. disagree. Casey Clemens forgot about that. He had like 24 home runs like t- that year, two years ago. Did he really? Yeah, he had like 24, including regionals and all that. Yeah. But still, man, that's impressive. I didn't realize he hit that many. I knew he was yeah, a stud. He had a bunch. He had a bunch. But uh, anyway, so going to ACC, Matt Nelson from Florida State, who we just had on the podcast, he's had eight home runs and 22 RBIs in his last 13 games. He's a stud. I mean, he's like the best catcher they've had since Buster Posey. And he, he lasers people at second base trying to steal. He had he's a great, just such a low-key player. Yeah. I mean, and he, he just and he, goes about business. And he loves us. Loves us at 11.7. Tweets at us all the time. DMs us. We'd love to see that. And so, yeah. The um, – Florida State, they lose two out of three to Louisville. Louisville beat them. Today today was rubber match Sunday. Yeah, um, It was close for a while. Florida State had a little lead, and Louisville just exploded. Yeah, 11-4 final. I, have, I haven't figured out Louisville yet. I know they're a good team. Dude, they're good. They're, good. they're really good. But if you see them on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, they're bad. <laughs> they're Louisville, really- give, Louisville we, let's just admit it. Or just, let's just go ahead and confer that – infer that louisville just doesn't give a damn about the midweek if you looked at their midweek resume it is embarrassing they have a losing record in the midweek yeah it's embarrassing they have losses like eastern kentucky and murray state and somebody uh, kentucky i guess kentucky's not bad they're pretty good but uh kentucky's good kentucky's good but they're they're not elite who would have thought at this point in the season april 10th april 9th april 12th April 12th, that Virginia Tech and Notre Dame would be leading each division in the ACC. Nobody. No, there's not one person on earth that would have picked both of those teams. I would have considered Notre Dame, but at the end of the day, I would have said, nah. I would have said Louisville. 
Oh yeah, Louisville, Miami, and North Carolina, maybe NC State or Virginia. Georgia like Tech. I picked, I picked freaking yeah, Virginia, and, and dude, flip that shit upside down. Well, they have won two. They've won the last two series. Virginia has. They've I know, played, but still, play better baseball. Flip, flip that stuff upside down. Yeah, but props Miami to got, the Miami got swept by Pitt. Like they, yeah, they, I they, was just about to bring that up. Pitt swept Miami. Gritzburg, Devin Mesoraco. I mean. It's hard for me to put my bias aside with Miami, my fan bias, but I could. I knew they weren't that good. They can't do. I, I I'm gonna find this number soon. They're. I want to know their batting average bases loaded is because literally <laughs> I can't tell you how many times they have the bases loaded and don't score. It's literally. I I, I assume they're not gonna score when they have bases loaded less than two outs. They it's just can't do that. it. It's 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 a pan it's a to- pandemic. <laughs> to me, watching my—I haven't seen as many Miami games as you have because I'm—I'm I'm usually watching other games, knowing that you're watching the Miami game. But to me, pitchers are not good, and then they can't hit with with two strikes or with runners in scoring position, and no, that's a big I mean, problem. You can't win postseason games like that. You, shoot, you can't win regular season games like that. It's—it's it's bad all around. Hopefully, Miami figures it out because at one point I think we had them ranked number one in the country. After the Florida series. I think we had them ranked number one. After the Florida series, they were number one in the country. That's a bad look for and us. And they're not even in the top 25 anymore, and they've had plenty of opportunities to <laughs> we've kept stay them in, in the top 25. We've kept them in for too long almost. So I don't that, know if we kept them in for too long, or they just kind of they just kept their head above water. They just kept staying afloat where it wasn't like they're still a top 25 team, but this weekend they drowned. They did. Drown. They went underwater and they never came back up. Yeah. So, yay, yay to that. Actually, I'm just props to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has shown me a lot this year. They showed me they can be a postseason team. Think, think about this. They swept Florida State on the road. They swept Miami at home. That doesn't happen very that, often. That's a good resume. And whenever the committee is looking at maybe if those three are all bubble teams, which I doubt they are, but if they were, they're going to have to take Pitt over both of them. They're going to have to. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, shout out to the home run hammer and Virginia tech. They keep getting done. Notre Dame's, uh, wins two out of three against Georgia tech. And so ACC is wide open though. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that are still, you know, contention to win it, but right now, as of April 12th, you got Notre Dame and Virginia tech. So, uh, let's move to conference USA real quick. Yeah, baby. Cause that's this. the, that's the real conference. SEC who what no we're conference USA podcast because they have legitimately four teams that I think are virtual locks to get in the postseason between Louisiana Tech who we have ranked number one in the mid-major poll again we have Southern Miss we have Old Dominion and we have Charlotte who all have over 20 wins Dimitri tweeted it out earlier um, about what each team's resume is like and I'm gonna go ahead and pull that tweet up real fast Demetri, I'm talking about the uh, Conference USA tweet that you had with all of their records oh, and yeah, resume. Louisiana Tech, 23 and 7. Old Dominion, 24 and 5. Charlotte, 21 and 9. Southern Miss, 20 and 9. And they're all 10 and 1 or 9 and 3 in conference. I mean, that's what I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and the cool thing is, not this week, but the next week, Charlotte and Old Dominion play eight straight games against each other. That's so sad, dude. I mean, like... If you split four and four, that's still four losses for a team. But 
dude, think about this. Some team, I think some team is going to have five wins. Like some team's going to go five and three. Yeah, you don't think they split? Dude, I mean, maybe two and two, two and two. That means they're both really evenly matched. Right. But we'll find out who is truly better. You know what I mean? I mean, eight games is enough. They don't even do that in the World Series, like Major League. Nobody ever plays eight games in a row against a team. Except we did see Wichita State take seven out of eight against Houston the last two weekends. So that was cool. Wichita State set a record for uh, most attend. It was like the fifth highest attendance of the year. I want to say it was I wouldn't say, is that a record or is that just saying a new benchmark for the season? Because the record is like, holy shit, they set a record. I think it was a home record for them. For them, really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? It was Wichita a fifth State, do you know who we're talking about? Wichita State used to be a powerhouse. But they didn't have the stadium that they have now. Oh, yeah. It's been there in Wichita. Been there a, a long time. It's been renovated, though. Uh, no, the stadium that they played at was Riverfront. They didn't play at their home stadium in that record crowd. It's a stadium in Wichita. It's a new stadium in Wichita where the new AAA team is playing. Okay. That's, yeah. So the new so so in Wichita there was the Wichita um the wing nuts, which is were an independent ball team in the American Association. They were the now they're a, a minor league affiliate. The Wichita Professional Baseball Club is now a minor league affiliate and they built a new stadium for that minor league team. And Wichita State played a game in that stadium this weekend. Oh, you get what I'm saying? Now they didn't play in their home stadium. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks. Hey, that was a good little history lesson there. Yep. Thanks for that. Um, moving back to the conference USA though. Old Dominion, you tweeted this out, Dimitri. Old Dominion is hitting 305 as a team with 54 home runs in 29 games. Now that was before they played today and actually lost to FAU today. Still took mm-hmm. three out of four, but they've won 17 of their last 20. And they're a team that they haven't been this good since Justin I mean, Verlander. They was haven't there. really played a whole bunch of great teams yet. But when you're 24 and five, you deserve respect. Same thing with Southern Illinois. Yeah. And so we'll, but they're also in the Conference USA, which is a much tougher conference than Missouri Valley. But don't get me wrong, Missouri Valley is good too. So I think Old Dominion will get a true reading of how good or how bad or how, what a fluke they are. Right. Um, Louisiana Tech, though, just absolutely beat up rice this weekend wasn't even fair and then you bro ben we're at the time where we're talking about rice is hurting the conference yeah no rice is a is a dweller they're a basement dweller they're They're hurting the conference rice is hurting i mean that that's just so embarrassing like it makes me sick to my stomach that you know diehard rice fan growing up how how much of a just disaster that program is Dude, we're not going to get into it. We talk about them way too much. We do. We give them too much. Dude, they changed their uniforms. Their uniforms look stupid now. They they really? had the awesome classic, just like pearl whites and nice grays and pinstripes. Now they have these weird, like weird uniforms from Adidas that just, that's why they're losing games. It's because their uniforms are so stupid. Well, anyway, yep. Let's get into our, uh, let's get into our top 25. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. There was one more thing I want to talk oh, about. Oh, we got more. Oh yeah. Wait, one more little thing. Sam, Sam Bachman. For Miami, Ohio baseball, video went viral on Twitter today. Kids throwing 100 miles an hour, Dimitri. And I, what I tweeted out from our account here today, there's gonna, I mean, they're, they're a good team. They are probably projected to make a regional because they're going to win their conference. Sam Backman from Miami, Ohio, 
I, I, thoughts and prayers to whatever one seed has to face Miami, Ohio as a four seed. Cause you're if, gonna get, if they get in. Yeah. But I think they will. He's got a 1.04 ERA and 26 innings pitched and has 43 punch outs. And you know, what's crazy. There's Imagine. so many pitchers that have that kind of numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's still, if I'm throwing a hundred, I'm striking everybody out. I don't care what anybody says. If you right. give me a hundred in my arm, I'm striking everybody out. Okay. Maybe not everybody, but. I'm Dude, hypothetically speaking. Thinking, listen, you think, Ben, if you think, if you, if I told you we're going to throw 100, you would walk out there like, Dude, I'm striking everybody out. Like, pretty, no question I mean, about he's it. He's almost striking out two guys an inning. It's pretty no, good. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not doing great. I'm, I'm just saying, think about it in your head. If you had a 100 mile an hour arm, you, you would tell yourself you're striking out everybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you think about, like, oh my God, if I, if I could throw 100, I would strike everybody out. But then once you actually have it, it's like, no, you're not. You're going to strike out a lot of people, but no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I imagine, wish I could throw a hundred. Imagine being like, let's say Notre Dame hosts a regional this year, you know, if that because Miami, Ohio, Notre Dame, not too far. You can kind of see regional, whatever, or maybe a team like Vanderbilt and you get Miami, Ohio first round of her regional and you have to go hit a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Dude. I could only imagine how mad the other team's coach is going to be. Like, are you serious? Like, give us like Jackson State or somebody in the first round. No offense to Jackson State, but go give me somebody that we can just beat up. We don't even have to throw our ace. We can just walk through the game, win it, and move on to the more important games. But yeah, Miami, Ohio, they're 18 and two, 18 and 12 this year. They're behind Ball State, who I think is pretty much um, you know, locked to possibly get an at-large. Uh, they're 19 and 9 this year. But um, 10 and two in the conference, but Miami, Ohio, I think might get into a regional even as an at large team. No, 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 stop, stop the blasphemy, stop the count. Miami, Ohio, not getting an at large band, stop it right now. They could, man, dude, 18 dude, and 12. Dude. No, no way. I can't believe we're arguing over this right now because you say something sometimes, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Why are you being so friendly and nice and gassing them up? Miami, Ohio is not getting an at-large. Okay, you're right. I'm looking at their schedule. That was oh, fun. my God. <laughs> Please, thank they you. Have to win. They're going to have to win the turn, the conference tournament. I take everything. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Sam Backman in a freaking No, you're just too man. nice sometimes. I'm trying, I'm trying to get Sam Backman in a regional. I'm trying to hype it up. I want to see it. I want to see him take down a one seed. But anyway, let's get into the ranking, dude. We, yeah. we, we've been blabbering about so much stuff. I forgot what we talked about. Um, it's all good stuff. It's just I forgot already. You're good, man. So what do you want to start? You want to do bottom 10 first? Or you want to do top 25 first or mid-major first? Up to let's you. Go, let's go mid-major, and then we'll go top 25. All right. Well, then round it up with them bottom 10. Okay, so the mid-major power rankings. We're going to start number 25, our Mercer Bears. They've they are like finally back. They are finally back. They hit a cold spell in the beginning of the season right after we ranked them. They lost seven straight. They lost one to Georgia Tech, got swept by Southern Illinois, then they got swept by um, South Carolina. So they lost seven straight at one point. We knocked them out of the rankings. They're a good team, though. They're 20-11 and 11 this year, 8-1 and one in the conference. They should probably be higher than 25, but, you know, we're going to get them back in. We're going to ease their way back in there. Um, 24 yeah. is conference. What, what's up? So let's just say you take away those seven games, Georgia Tech, Southern Illinois, and South Carolina. And by the way, I guarantee you they would not have scheduled Southern Illinois in between 
Georgia Tech and South Carolina if they knew they were going to be this good. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have happened. But anyway, they did. Scheduling is always take easy. out take out those seven games. They're twenty and four. Yeah, that's impressive. And they're eight and one in the conference. And SoCon, I think, is down a little bit this year, but they still have good teams in there. And Mercer was a regional team in 2019. They were like 13 and three last year, or 13 and one, I think, before the season got shut off. Good team. Um, we have them at 25. Then we have their interconference rival, Sanford, who's 11 and one in the SoCon start the year, 21 and 11 overall. Sanford Bulldogs and then UNC Wilmington they lose they get swept by Oklahoma State they're at 23 Florida Gulf Coast wins um they, they think they swept this past weekend they're at 22 Gonzaga at 21 Western Carolina 17 and 7 Stetson at number 19 19 and 10 Southeastern Louisiana the Lions are 20 and 12 USC Upstate our boys over there 21 and 7 already have 21 wins on the year that's pretty good for that, that Spartan team Ball yeah, State which we which we just talked about, nineteen and nine, San Diego, and then San Diego State are four, fifteen and fourteen. They respect. lost. They lost again. They, some inferior teams. But. They both lost um, two out of three to Nevada, and I'm blanking on who. Well, don't bring it up if you don't remember who it is. I thought That's I had I was it. Just saying they had two. It's past my bedtime, dude. It's past midnight here. Um, right. But then we get into the real guys. So thirteen through one, I think. Are all a bunch pretty of really dangerous. good baseball teams. But a bunch of really good baseball teams. You got Charlotte. They're twenty-two and nine this year. Sacramento State's twenty-one and seven. Coastal Carolina didn't play this weekend. They got, I think, someone on their team or the other team got COVID issues. But they're yeah. fifteen and ten. We know about Coastal Carolina, the twenty sixteen national champions. And then top ten, we got Old Dominion twenty-four and six. Liberty Flames twenty-one and eight. UC Irvine Anteaters nineteen and nine. Louisiana Raging Cajuns twenty and twelve. And then. Uh, Southern Illinois, Salukis, 24 and 6. Dallas Baptist Patriots, 18 and 7. Southern Miss, Golden Eagles, 21 and 9. Indiana State Sycamores, who have yet to play a home game all year, 16 and 8. Let's with- talk about stop, stop right there. Yeah. So looking back on Indiana State's schedule now, they opened the season in um, Port Charlotte o- Orioles um, Spring Training Stadium. They lost two out of three, but they got one against Pitt, which now looks like a really good team. So Yep. Taking one is perfectly fine. Then they split a four-game series, two and two, against Tennessee. At Tennessee. At Tennessee. And then they played a whole bunch of UAB and a bunch of whole other but, but they haven't played at home yet. They're on the road, 16 and eight, with about five or six really good wins. And that's the reason why they are in our top 25. I think they're a really good team. Yeah, and they still have eight games left against Dallas Baptist and Southern Illinois, four against each. And – um, I mean, that's going to be the real test. I think Indiana State's the real deal. They they have everything on paper. It's just so tough to win on the road, especially 12 or sorry, 24 straight games on the Imagine road. Imagine not playing at home for 24 straight games, staying in freaking hotels, playing at Road Park. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And I played I played at their home field. It's a really nice field. My first oh, dude, year. we spent our spring break there and fucking yeah. pouring down snow. We were so mad. <laughs> But they play well at home traditionally. And so we face, dude, we face Sean Manea. Sean Manea, Indiana yeah. State, at Indiana State. They also had Kyle Freeland, I think, too. No, Evansville. Oh, Evansville. You're right. Dang. Um, but, anyways, Manea came in there throwing 96, 98 cutters, heaters, hammers, everything. It is snowing, Ben. It is literally snowing. <laughs> they scraped the field. It was like a turf infield, grass outfield. 
and there was snow all like lined up down well, the, that down explains the that explains why they're playing so many road games to start the year and dude oh my god it was it was awful but anyway really good team they're uh, they're really deep on the mound they can hit and they're just old too just like, old some, like charlotte and um old dominion some in liberty some of these teams are old yeah but anyway continue all right so the number two team in the mid-major power ranking santa barbara gauchos you guys know about the, the gauchos i mean traditionally a powerhouse on the west coast i mean they're better than everybody on the west coast in my opinion it's maybe i i want to put them ahead of ucla right now i sure do dude, dude ucla pissing me off dude you kidding me with this up and down win this weekend lose this weekend win this weekend lose. them in florida figure man. it out either get be them good out or bad. of my life get get hey. them in florida out of my hey. life either be good or bad don't be both and this makes my the, job easier makes your job easier the most messed up part is florida and ucla like has just as good of a chance to get to omaha as any other team and they've been playing just the worst baseball in the regular season i wouldn't say florida playing bad baseball but they just hype you up they tease you and then they let you down it's like a girl a girl texting you back saying yeah let's hang out let's hang out then she doesn't ha- want to hang out when it's time to come hang out or she doesn't show up for the date Dang, like, man. let us know your real feelings <laughs> but anyway yeah so and then boom let number me out one. number one louisiana tech the bulldogs they have seven losses this year 24 wins two of those losses were to arkansas they're just a good team and one of their losses was to lsu early in the year when lsu was playing well i i mean i like i mean i like louisiana tech to host a regional if it allows with the new format which would be if the love if the love shack be so regional, it would be really dude look at this i'm looking at their schedule right now lost to lsu two midweek losses to um, louisiana raging cajuns two losses to arkansas they beat ole miss they lose one to southern miss at southern miss they lose one to uab and that's it that's it i mean like they they take care they're 12 and 3 at home 11 and 4 on the road they're five and six against quadrant one teams, which no, they're six and six against quadrant one teams. If you play a 500 baseball against the best of the best, that's a good sign that you're going to be a one seed because they're three and zero against quadrant one two, seed three and against probably and 12 and one against more like a, two, they're probably, dude, they're going to end up being a two seed, but no, oh, it depends on how they finish the year. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They, they host Southern Miss this weekend for four. Which will be fun. Then they have They've Marshall. already played Southern Miss. No, but they're playing them again. I know, and I know they are. But I'm just saying, like they're at home, and they already sw- they won three out of four against yeah, Southern Miss on the true. road. That's true. So, besides that, I mean, they they finish up with two games against Old Dominion, and they play one more against LSU. But the rest, I mean, are winnable. Marshall, Middle Tennessee, FIU, UTSA. Like they're going to be close to a 45 win team, I think. No, I agree. I agree. So Louisiana Tech's number one. Let's move over to our top 25 rankings. Now, top 25, we've already spoiled who number one is, and that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. What an incredible weekend they had against Ole Miss on the road. Like we said, they've had they've played 12 top 25 teams this year, or 12 games against top 25 opponents. 10 and 2, all 12 games were on the road especially with Vanderbilt losing two out of three to Georgia. It was an easy number one lock Arkansas in clicking on all cylinders, except the relief pitching today was pretty bad. 
But we have them at number one. Shocker that a lot of people might not have expected, but we have Tennessee, the Volunteers, at number two. And we can go through the reasoning why. They've won every single series they've played in, except for the one they split against Indiana State. Um, and, you know, with, with Vanderbilt losing two out of three to Georgia, we had to punish them a little bit. They were at home against an inferior SEC opponent, dropped Vanderbilt down to number three. And then we have what I think is going to be the biggest controversy. We have Texas ranked ahead of Mississippi State, even though Mississippi State's already beaten Texas. We just think Texas you know, is playing. I think, dude, I will put there's a little bit of recency bias in there. Um, the opening weekend and week and now week nine, I think there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of recency bias because two weeks ago, Mississippi State got swept by Arkansas. So they dropped a little bit. And yes, they're moving back up, but Texas kind of jumped them that weekend. So this weekend alone, did Texas do anything to drop down or fall back behind Mississippi State? Not necessarily. So I think that's why that's where the recency bias comes in. Do I think I think Mississippi State probably is the better team? They already showed one, but I think one game is hard to justify. 30 games worth yeah. of a schedule. Now, they did beat Ty Madden. They beat the best no, of the no, best. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is when you look at a, a grand scheme of things, a 30-game picture between one team and another, it's hard to justify one game saying that they're better. Yes, they did beat them on fair and square. That's the best way to measure one team against another. But that's why baseball is a three-game series. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's like a little bit of – it's tough. The recency bias comes in. You got swept. You drop down a little bit where you were justified to a justifiable spot. Texas jumped over you, but there hasn't been anything happening yet for them to flip back again. Right. And Mississippi State did sweep Auburn. We have them at number five. They're 24 and seven overall. If you really want to depict whether your team is number four or number five in the rankings, we can live with that. That means we have yeah, it like, kind of like, down. Like, I'm, dude, I'm in the same boat as most of these people who give a shit about the ranking. Um, at the end of the day, it, your RPI is the end of the year. When you're in a regional, that's what matters. Yeah. What you're, whether you're four or five today, is eyewash, in my opinion. Yes, it's fun to see your team results on paper every week, but if you really want to argue it, I, I gave you my point. There's a recency bias in there. Um, it's just a timing of something, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. Right. But anyways, we got Louisville at number six. Louisville took care of business against um, – who did they play this? Oh, Florida State. One, two out of three. Texas Tech, one, two out of three against TCU. They're at number seven. Ole Miss loses two out of three to Arkansas. Dropped them down to number eight. Understandable. Still a really good team there. Uh, South Carolina wins two out of three. They um, move it to number nine. Notre Dame wins two out of three. They're at number 10. Oklahoma State sweeps UNCW. They're at number 11. Oregon lose, or wins two out of three against Oregon State. Actually – they just finished their game. Let's double check that. They, they were they losing. Oh my! No, dude, it was four to one in the eighth. We assumed. Okay, this is on live. You guys are hearing <laughs> us for the first time. It was what four happened? to one in the eighth, and we were like, "Okay, Oregon State got this one in the bag. They're going to salvage the finale." Oregon won in eleven inning, five to four. No way. <laughs> no. So they swept Oregon State. They swept them. Uh, no. So now they're five and one against Oregon State. And, and you're hearing, I'm watching it right now. First and third, ground ball to short. 
guy booted it with two outs in the 11th Oregon one. I'm oh, speechless. Well, our rankings that we've already posted. Well, no, dude. Our ranking, we we assumed Oregon won the series, which they did. Which, and they weren't going to move up any higher. But maybe we could, we would probably have dropped Oregon State lower. So, I mean, it is what it is. But shame on us, dude. That's that's on that's shame on us. Damn it for assuming four to one in the final. I'm speechless right now. That makes me sick. Dang. What the hell, Oregon State? You were up four to one in the bottom of the eighth. Just win a game, dude. Oregon, are they the real thing? I mean, we is Oregon. What is I don't know, dude. I'm speechless. That makes me feel so dumb. Why? Just I've been doubting Oregon all year, and you know what? I'm gonna no, start dude. Doubting. I told you Oregon was good, and I picked the freaking Oregon State this year because they already played one. Oregon won two out of three. I said okay. Uh, I was like, okay, Oregon State will get them this time, dude. I'm done with the the Beavers too. The Beavers, UCLA, and half of Florida. Get out of my life. That dude, that just brings my whole mood down. Oregon State's dead to me. They'll be lucky if they're ranked next week. They're dead to me. <sighs> Moving on. East Carolina. They're a good team. Went 4-0 this week. They're 26-5 and this year. Just flying completely under the radar, like we always say. The silent assassins. They got the traffic cone running across the field after they hit another walk-off. I feel like they've had 12 walk-off wins this year already. Good for them. Good for them. Wow. I'm still kind of mind-blown about that Oregon game. I don't even know what to say anymore. Anyway, just go. Carry on. All right. So Louisiana Tech comes in, the highest-ranked mid-major. They're number 14. Arizona's having a really good year so far. Uh, they're 7-5 and five in the Pac-12, but they are 21-9 with one of the best offenses we've seen in college baseball so far. Uh, Florida at number 16. They lose two out of three to Tennessee. TCU loses two out of three to Texas Tech. They're 16-17 and 17 there. Virginia Tech, 4-0 and this past week. They're 19-9. They're at number 18. Nebraska comes in as the highest-ranked Big Ten team. Um, they went two out of three this weekend, 15-6 and six overall. Nebraska, that team we just hey, talked They've got a little bit of that mojo going, speaking of Nebraska. Oh, um, and dude, their fans are the greatest. I mean, um, I'm not going to say the greatest. Not even that. You're talking base, but more on the field stuff. They're, they have a little bit of that confidence when you see Nebraska baseball play. Back in you know a couple years ago, they've been going through some rough patches, but they have that mojo back where they feel like they're the better team every day. And their, their coach got tossed today. Did you see that? Yep. Over a uh, dude leaning into a hit by pitch. It's so stupid. One guy gets thrown out. One guy gets called a strike. One guy gets, dude, I'm like, dude, just stop. Just figure out this rule and be done with it forever. Just figure it out. Figure out the rule. Somebody, please. Anyway, okay. Um, so Oregon State is at 20, but they, they might be out of the top 25. Dude, now. They went one and four this week. Yeah. They went one and four this week. They're, Still seven and five in the Pac-12, but who cares? Get them out of my life. UC Santa Barbara, a much better team than Oregon State, as I should add. Uh, they're at 21. They're three and one this week, 21 and nine overall. Michigan, 22. Stanford, 23. Indiana State, 24. And Pitt, 25. Round out our top 25. Let me just go through this bottom 10 real fast because I don't even want to podcast anymore. Oregon State just ruined my mood. 
I can't believe we, one, assumed they were going to win with a three-run lead in the eighth. And two, like, I don't know, whatever. Done talking about it. Let's go to the bottom 10. These are the bottom 10 teams in the country with their run differential. Number 10, UC Davis. Well, first, we'll give a shout-out. Who graduated this week from the bottom 10? From the bottom 10, we graduated. Oh, my God, now you're making me blank out. Um, Northern Colorado. Yep. Northern Colorado, they graduated from the bottom 10. Props to them. They won a game this week. Nine of the other 10 teams are still the same. The newcomer, Mount St. Mary's, the Mountaineers. We'll get to them in just a second, but they are terrible. UC Davis, the Aggies, 15-9 and nine overall with a negative 51 run differential. Just on the cusp. <laughs> just on the cusp of graduating. Come on, UC Davis. Win a couple games this week. Get us. We want, we want you guys out. Um, speaking of Aggies, the North Carolina A&T Aggies, 9-21, the negative 66 run differential. Mount St. Mary's, welcome to the party. The Mountaineers, 5-20 with a negative 96 run differential, which is brutal. Texas Southern Tigers actually won a series this weekend against Prairie View. Um, so they are number seven in the rankings. They're 8-20 overall with a negative 102 run differential. Prairie View A&M loses two out of three to Texas Southern. Like I just said, they're 4-14 four on the year, negative 76 run differential. Utah Valley Wolverine, 6-23 with a negative 97 run differential. This is where it gets fun. Um, the North Alabama Lions, 4-25 with a negative 156 run differential. Ew. And then number three and two did not play this week. They were supposed to play each other, but they canceled the game. I don't know why, but Arkansas they just said, we, they just said we both suck. We, yeah. we know, like, there's no reason to play this. Yeah, this game means nothing. So Arkansas <laughs> Pine Bluff, the Lions, they're 2-17 and 17 this year, negative 131 run differential. Alabama A&M Bulldogs are 2-12 and 12 with a negative 145 run differential and anchoring the number one spot, as always, Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils 0-13. Only played one game this week, lost by five, negative 163 run differential. And that's it. That rounds all of our rankings up. And Ben, I got to end the show on one final shout out. This is insane. And this is sick. I just came across it. This is softball. I know we're a baseball podcast, but you know what? College softball matters. North Texas pitcher Hope Troutwine threw a perfect game today, striking out all 21 batters she faced. It is believed to be the first ever 21 strikeout perfect, perfect, perfect game. What? She struck out all 21 batters. Perfect game. No. Hope Trout Wine, University of North Texas. Who does not have a baseball program, by the way, which blows my mind. But shout out Hope. No way that let's go, Hope. That's like not even video game numbers. You can't even do that in a video game. That is insane. We should get her on the podcast. (laughs) I would love to have her on the podcast. A perfect, perfect, perfect. I hope she gets the recognition she deserves. I hope ESPN and like every news outlet blows this story up because that is one of the most impressive things I've ever heard. First one ever, right? They is believed to be the the first time ever. Now, didn't the kid from the Little League World Series do it? That uh, Danny, whatever, um, back in like two thousand. Danny Almonte. Yeah, didn't he do it in the Little League World Series? But he's really like. 16. I don't know if he struck everyone out. I think he did. I think he did, but wow! Shout. What's her last name? Troutman. Hope Who? what? Troutwine. Troutwine. 
Good for her. Good for her. Well, that's cool. I like ending on the note on that little bright side. Hopefully she can strike out Oregon State 21 times. That would make me feel better. But anyways, anyway. good show. Good show. It's past my bedtime. Shout out to 10,000 followers on Twitter. Shout out to all the listeners on the podcast. We're really close to 100,000 downloads. We're like episode 103 and we have like 95 or 96,000 downloads. Really, really yep. cool stuff. So, Hey, Ben, we're here to stay. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you Wednesday night. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.